Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the three in attendance and the millions listening around the world, my name is Tony Cavallo, and we are here in live in studio at the Left Coasters podcast. We're now deeming this the Left Coasters studio. Brian, you're the, if it's your first time in here, welcome back from your Thanksgiving Day special here. What are you thinking about the digs? I mean, the digs. I, I, just to paint a picture, I mean, we're sitting in an authentic, oh yeah, authentic sound studio with mics. I mean, as you said, they've they've, they've got elbows. They've got elbows. They've there, got there elbows. are mics coming from the table, There's attacking glass. us. There's even a big screen behind us it's with wonderful. the news. I got I, I got a big clocks. red clock ticking down like I'm at the New York Stock Exchange. Dangles is behind a wall of mirrors, just sitting there amidst a sea of levels and lights and computers just making it all work over there we sound beautiful we look beautiful happy to have you back dangles how you doing over there i'm good it's a, a refreshed and revived version of the left coasters podcast yeah with uh with these new digs which We've are upgraded. very which are very nice we've definitely upgraded and and i love that we sound better listening back to the episode last week was a lot of fun it was awesome. just uh just oh compare, man i can't tell you don't get me wrong i love the original left coaster studio uh in the beautiful neighborhood <laughs> of los Feliz, california but you know if you want to move up you gotta you know you gotta be ambitious and and we were ambitious so this is, uh, this is beautiful so it's for more. beautiful anyway yeah this is week 13 though left coasters tony cavallo matt d'angelo antonio uh and brian balzarini back from detroit michigan was it cold it was uh it was chilly it was rainy but more so than anything else it was gray uh, oh i forgot how much i needed sun yes in the la oh, sun yeah. Yeah. the second we got back now we had sun the last day we were there of course of course but um no it was great to be back and it was great to be back amongst detroit lions fans to be in the living room of my family's uh home amongst family and friends cheering and screaming it was a great game what a game it, it was it was it was wonderful and uh i like you said last week i'm kicking myself for not picking them yep. over the minnesota vikings yep. i've i've learned my lesson however uh we've got plenty to talk about and to we look do. forward to it's crunch time now oh, guys it's it's, it's interesting especially with that green bay win you you have no 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 qualms no, I can't complain. This I, week. I can't complain. Yeah, you I really will can. say, Please listen, guys. Give I, it a rest I, this week. I will say it's really nice when your team finally plays to the way it should. It finally plays up and to its not capabilities. Out of it. And it's the end of November, and they finally decide to show up. But here it is, guys. The clock has turned. We're in December now. About to be playoff football. Sadly, the NFL season has is more is closer to being over than it is to starting. Mm-hmm. And uh, week thirteen is where we make make money here. We got to pick it up for the playoffs. And now these these fights start to show on the on the record books we get to see these wild card positionings it's getting tight man it's getting real tight and it's a lot of fun and if you told me there were going to be a lot of the teams that were going to still be relevant the miami dolphins Dolphins. the atlanta falcons the lions and then watching teams like the kansas city chiefs who we wrote off about half you know quarter way through the season Looking really fine. They're a real deal. I still remember the text message my dad sent me uh, several weeks into the the season saying, I think it's time for you to kill the Chiefs. And uh, And I haven't haven't done that yet. No, nobody laughed. Nobody laughed. I haven't done that yet. But um, well, because and I don't plan on it if they keep playing the kind of football they've been playing. Well, Dangles, I'm going to shoot it right back over to you because we're, you got a chance to kill the Chiefs right now. We're going to bring back an old fan favorite of the Left Coasters podcast. First time live in studio, we're doing a, a Mary Fuck Kill for the Left Coasters Absolutely. here. Absolutely, Dangles, we got some tight wild card races coming up. I'm going to give you the AFC right now, and there are two teams right, three teams. I'm sorry, right now fighting for two wild card spots. The rest of the division is still up for grabs, and there's a lot of, like, uh, the AFC South and the AFC North are all all over the place. We don't know who's coming out of there, but these three teams are guaranteed to be in the end in Week 16, 17, fighting for a wild-card spot. Marry, fuck, kill between these three guys. 
the Miami Dolphins, captained by Ryan Tannehill, sitting at 7-4. and four, And I believe, yeah, six-game winning streak for these Miami That's unbelievable. Dolphins. Unreal. Now, I know their schedule wasn't great I they mean, still in terms beat of them. strength, but they still won. Still beat the teams that are on the schedule. 7-4 and four Dolphins. The other team is the Kansas City Chiefs at 8-3, and three, who had one of the most entertaining Sunday night games this past Sunday. What a wonderful, wonderful game. And the Denver Broncos, defending Super Bowl champions, captained by Trevor Seaman. Simeon? Still don't know. Their record seven and 7-4. I'm going to keep calling him Seaman until he wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> so we have it more than one year. We have Miami, Kansas City, and Denver. Dangles. All these three teams really tight right now. Two wild card spots. Give me a merry fuck kill. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and marry the Kansas City Chiefs right now. They're playing incredible football. Alex Alex Smith looks looks good in the pocket. He's got young receivers, too, in Tyreek Hill, who is really only a deep threat, but if you can get him open, Albert Wilson has caught a couple of good touchdown passes for them. Uh, with Jeremy Macklin out, they've had a, a decent receiving uh, uh, you know, core come back and sort of pick up for him. And how about that defense, man? Awesome. Can't really say a, a whole lot, a whole lot awesome. more about, about Tom Bahali and the crew there, Justin Hughes. Houston welcome and all back, of those Justin guys. Houston. Seriously, welcome back, Justin Houston. What a coming out part or coming home party for him this season. I'm going to go ahead and marry them. Just plus An- Anthony, or Anthony Reed, Andy Reed's experience just coaching teams at this time of the season when the records or when there are wild card spots to be had. He's just so good, despite the fact that he's the worst clock manager in the history of the NFL. He's still he's still he knows what he's doing in these situations. So yes, I'm going to marry does. I'm going to marry the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to fuck the Miami Dolphins here. Yeah, uh, yeah, I am because. They're hot right now. They're riding high on on Jay Ajayi, on Ryan Tannehill, who actually looked really good last week. Uh, uh, he came out thrown. He no, he looked really good, and he's finally got maybe that star target that they really need in Devontae Parker because Jarvis Landry has not been cutting no, it for them. But Devontae Parker had two incredible toe dragging catches, both of which ended up being negated. The poor guy, but he still <laughs> looks like a premier wide receiver now. And if Ryan Tannehill can. Uh, limit X-factor. the number of his well he's just it if he can limit the number of mistakes that he makes in the pocket and limit the number of bad throws into double coverage or forced throws that he makes they can be a wild card team okay. they can play for it and that means that I have to kill the Denver Broncos yeah, and Super Bowl champion for Denver all the Broncos. vaunt I know and for all their vaunted defense they've looked very vulnerable this year to certain offenses including Kansas City's offense this past week on Sunday night football so I, I can't I, the other two teams are just they're playing so good right now mm-hmm. and Denver just doesn't seem to have that fire that spark and again at the end of the day their defense can be as good as it wants but we've seen with the Minnesota Vikings if you can't put points on the board it doesn't yes. matter how good your defense is you're not going to win football games I feel you I, I differ a little bit in the fact that if that that pendulum swung just another way and uh, Denver ended up beating Kansas yeah. City on Sunday night I think I don't think you can kill either of those teams uh, Brian before we go on to the NFC anything you got to say Hit me with the teams one more time. Uh, Miami Dolphins seven and four, mm-hmm. Denver Broncos seven and four, Kansas City eight and three. Y- one thing that Miami sti- has the tiebreaker over Denver right now. And you know what's interesting? What sticks out to me? Kansas City and Denver both have hell of a schedule yeah, in front of them. I know. And the and the and the Miami Dolphins. Let's let's think about who they have. They have the Ravens next. Then they play. Excuse me. They play at the Ravens. They play the Cardinals at home. At the Jets, at the Bills, 
and then later the Patriots. That's a manageable schedule Patriots for a team that's playing. You don't have to worry about the Patriots, and they're not going to even play they're their starters. Play. Exactly. Meanwhile, the Chiefs uh, at the Falcons this week. Oh, uh, again, tough. And then they go to Oakland. Uh, I'm sorry. They, they, I'm sorry. Then they go back uh, home to play against the Raiders in an interdivisional matchup. Then they uh, actually the three straight home games: the Raiders, the Titans, and the Broncos, all at Arrowhead. And, and then they round and then they round spots. out the season in San Diego against the Chargers. And, and, awesome. And, and and that to me sticks out. Yeah. And I go, wow, the Miami Dolphins literally have a path. Yeah. To a wild card spot. <laughs> fucking Miami. That's a, that's dude. crazy. That's why I'm fucking the Miami Dolphins. Okay. And that's a good choice. I, okay. I, I 100% agree with that. All right. Well, let's move on to the NFC, Brad guy. We're gonna shoot these three teams Hit over me. for you. Now the Giants are sitting there at eight and three. We're gonna leave them alone as the five seed because somehow, some way, the Giants are eight. I and told three. you at the beginning of the season, man. Do not, do not think the New York Giants aren't gonna pull a playoff. It's a house right. of mirrors, man. Um, we're going instead for the teams that are vying for the sixth wild card spot. That is led by. The Washington Redskins at 6-4-1, led by a great offense with Kirk Cousins and a litany of weapons. You also have the Vikings at 6-5, and five, the exact opposite of these Redskins, helmed by their defense and trying to get by with a high school offense. And finally, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who we all were down on a few weeks ago, but they stand at 6-5 and five on a three-game winning streak. I will tell you, watching the Minnesota Vikings against my Detroit Lions, their defense is is not the defense that they that they were at the beginning of the season. Okay. They just aren't. And that was their tentpole. Their mm-hmm. tentpole was play solid defense and just Bradford don't screw up. And yep. we saw what happened when when Sam Bradford doesn't doesn't feel comfortable. I mean, he had a really good game against the Detroit Lions, but just couldn't score, couldn't punch it in. They're they not don't a, throw it past five yards. They're not a red zone team. Yeah. And 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 then you get a Detroit Lion team who counted on one interception at the end of the game to to win. So I, again, the Vikings to me, I'm 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 killing the the, the Vikings. Okay. I just don't see them having a chance yep. if they're going to play ball like that. And I look at their schedule; they're playing the Cowboys, the Jaguars, the Colts who are hungry, the Packers who are hungry, and then the interdivisional Bears. That's not a tough division or t- tough schedule per se, but I just don't see it. Now, when I look at the Redskins, I look at a schedule of the Cardinals, the Eagles the Panthers, the Bears, and the Giants. I find that to be much more manageable to a team right now with Kirk Cousins that is yeah. hitting on all cylinders. Yep. There is no at team right offense. Absolutely. There is no team right now who I'm I'm looking at that is that is just as complete than than the than the, the Dallas Cowboys like the Washington Redskins are right now. Mm-hmm. They have a good running game. They've got a game manager who can Throw the ball where it needs to be. I think Kirk's more than a game manager, honestly. I think he's a legit quarterback. I absolutely is, but but he's not making mistakes yeah. like Kirk Cousins has in the past. Yeah. So he's learning. He's mm-hmm. he, his his trajectory has has changed over the last two years, and it's impressive. So I'm I'm going to marry the Redskins, and that means you're fucking Jameis, and I'm fucking Jameis because I, I saw what, they're doing. What that game? One game. We we talked about the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. One game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers showed in one game what they're capable of, and there was no team hotter than the Seattle Seahawks going in, oh, going absolutely. into this week. There were people talking about them being the only team that could stand up to the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. that could be the NFC champion. Well, guess what? Jameis Winston and that offense. I mean, all of a sudden, people are talking about Mike Evans right now. Oh, Mike Evans. We have to. Dangles and I had a discussion off air about the top five wide receivers a couple weeks ago, and we left off Mike Evans. Both of us. He can't be left. You off and everybody anymore. else. He can't be left off. You and everybody yeah. else. He's... Mike. Mike's Mike's legit as a receiver comes, and when Jameis Winston is playing good ball, mm-hmm. stepping up in the pocket, and 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 getting that ball everywhere, 
everywhere. And he and, and Evans, Evans, this was the proof of it, I think, in the pudding that we, you know, should have put him on that list this week because he had two very early touchdowns where he just absolutely smoked the Seattle secondary, including not just including the secondary. Richard Sherman, yes, who yes. he beat one on one, like hand to hand combat, pulled the ball down. Yep. Mike Evans is for real. Yes, he and, is. and I look at the Buccaneers schedule at Chargers versus the Saints at Cowboys at Saints again. And then versus the Panthers. They got two against the Saints and two against five the Saints. Weeks. Yes. Wow. Okay. So if they bring that style of offense oh, man, late in the season, hot, because think about it, wild card teams are always teams that are hot at the end of the yes, season. Hundred percent. Always hot yes. at the end of the season. So it is a good time right now for Mike Evans to show up and be a number one receiver and watch Jameis Winston do what he's doing. That offensive line did their job, and that defense looked like the young, disruptive, chaos-ridden defense that they were supposed to be. And uh, I, I. I see that that potential doing well in the playoffs it'll be fun latter part of the year so Buccaneers okay okay we got the Mary fuck kills dangles do you have anything to say before we move on uh no I, I think I'd probably go the exact same way that for the Brian did yeah Wonderful. I really do would you, do, do you feel hesitant about the I'm, I'm having second guesses about the Minnesota Vikings no you, no. Did, no? No, no I'm not, not. I'm not I, especially after that you know again Detroit wins their football games at the last second that's all well and good but that's but, the but, NFC but, North that's how I feel about but it right I will now. say before I move on off the Vikings Adrian Peterson is coming back and I don't know who what Adrian Peterson is going to show up. By but, Christmas, they said, right? Yeah. Or they and there's, there there's by probably Christmas. there's probably three games at the end of that schedule that they have AP for. I don't know if that changes things, but he is uh, MVP. That would be against the Packers and the Bears. Yeah. I so mean, who knows? Look, and he kills you know, the Packers. The, the, the Vikings don't have the worst schedule in the world on the way out of no, the season no. this year. So I, we'll see what happens. But if uh, Sam Bradford's only thrown for 2,400 yards this uh, this this season and 12 touchdowns, that's through week three. He's averaging about a touchdown a week. At this point, 12 touchdowns, and we're heading into week 13. Same and that's, a, that's with a bye week. Same and I don't I see am. anybody else picking up the slack. No, no. All right, moving on. Dangles, It's uh, we, we had a little job for you here. Because we're getting to the point where it's almost done with the season, only about a month left, it's time to start the discussion about MVP. So I was interested to see where the Vegas odds were for MVP because I know I have my pick who I would put my money on, and I'm interested to see if it's uh, if it's worth the gamble. So, Dangles, if you would hit us with the top five or six MVP odds. Well, should we hear your pick first before no, I tell I was you say, what? No, I, I was no, just no, about no, to say no, the same because thing. Because that lets you get away with, you could change your mind. I want to know who you're picking before I read the odds from, from This Vegas. is the thing. I don't know. I know who I would pick if it's good enough odds. And my, the number Sack in, up and make a the, choice, the man. Number I know in, who it is. Can I guess who it the, is? Hold on. The number in my head is, uh, is a lot. It, it needs to be high, and I don't think it's there. Um, but it should be there because the man's missed more games this season than any of the other candidates we're talking about, and that's Tom Brady. I think he deserves to be MVP, and that's mostly a bias from my upbringing, but there's no one that's done more with that team, and that team is falling apart. That team is slowly losing uh, uh, pieces of a well-tuned machine very fast, both on defense and on offense, and Tom Brady doesn't give a flying fuck. He's just winning games. Can we talk about, I know you guys saw it, that blocking that he pulled yeah, off. Awesome. You got to give a lot of credit to the New York Jets for not blowing him up. I, I don't know why How they didn't. How didn't anybody? I don't know why they didn't? Why didn't they go for him? Yeah, knock his knock his knock I was his surprised. Out. I was surprised they didn't. But he did. Uh, he was able to make fun of himself. He yes. posted it on his Facebook. Oh, it was page great. It but was, I, uh, I'm you know. still astonished. He's walking. No, it was pretty. Yeah. It was pretty. Because if got, that's a yeah. Rex Ryan run New York Jets team, you can bet your ass all those guys. Oh, he was getting the destroyed. Other, the other thing yes. I will say because Tom Brady's not going to hit the odds that I want right now. But the out long odds, the ones that I would take a chance on if I'm throwing cheap money on hoping to win big Dak Prescott 
if they go 15 and one and Dak Prescott is doing this like he hasn't made a mistake all season if he stays like that they're gonna have trouble not voting for him so Dak Prescott's the other one I would look at. Fair enough. Well, your instincts aren't that far off, I don't think, Tony. Uh, So according to – this is as of November 30th at Bovada. Okay. uh, 2016 NFL MVP betting odds. Zeke Elliott has the best odds right now at plus 300. Okay, 3-1 to for Zeke. That makes sense. A rookie to win MVP. A rookie running back to win MVP. That's crazy. When was the last time you think that happened? Adrian Peterson. Not a rookie. But just a rookie, and, I mean. Oh, rookie! I have no idea. I don't know if it's. I don't know if. It's I don't even know if that happened. ever happened. I have no idea. Eric we Dickerson. Can, we can. We can look into. <laughs> we, can, we can look into it here in a minute. I'll check it out while you guys are talking about sure, the sure. odds here in a second. Uh, number two is Matt Ryan at plus three fifty, so three and a half to one. Uh, then you have, maybe three weeks ago, five yeah, six weeks pick. ago. He, the stats probably back him up, but a seven and four record for that team is not enough. Number third is uh, number third. Number three is Tom Brady at plus four hundred four to one odds to win yeah, the MVP. See, see, I would want like a six to one, seven to one to actually put money on it. It's not going to happen. Number but four, four to one. Because before you move on, considering uh, he's missed four games of the season, four to one odds to win MVP for the whole twenty sixteen season is ridiculous. That's crazy. That's awesome. That's crazy. All right. Uh, and then we have a number four, Dak Prescott at six to one odds. Dak Prescott six, six to one. No right way. Now. This is I'm, this is what I'm looking at. I believe Look you, it but up. no it's way. Six to one odds right now. He's a plus oh, six hundred. No. Yeah. I miss my Gina chance. Currently, I miss my chance. He's currently one, two, three, four. He's f- the fourth. He is the fourth highest pass rating in the NFL right now. I believe it. Fourth highest. Yeah, that's I crazy. It. And guesses I'm, for rounding it out, guys. Uh, Matt Stafford. Fifth. No, he's too. Uh, I think he's got higher odds than you think. Uh, oh, Derek Carr. Yeah, Derek yes, Carr. Absolutely. Derek Carr yeah. is absolutely. your fifth at plus eight hundred. Matt Stafford. Um, is well, time out. Oh. D- uh, Derek Carr is eight to one. Yes, eight to one. That ain't bad. I would take that. That ain't bad. I would take that. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Matt Stafford is seventh on the list at twelve to one odds, along with uh, actually, well, I guess he's tied for six with uh, Russell Wilson. Both of them twelve to one odds. Who's betting on Russell Wilson win MVP? Oh, good question. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not a Russell hater, but he's having a terrible season by his standards. That's that's a pity. That's pity because I, again, he he hasn't had the year, but. He, if you're playing off of like the Tom Brady effect, what he's done in the past, but Tom Brady just shows up every year. Yeah, but Russell they don't, Wilson is Vegas, not. Vegas doesn't play pity. Vegas plays on what money they're getting in. He is the six. If he's that ranking, that means they're getting money at that number at twelve to one. If they were taking pity on him, they'd be like, all right, well, fifty to one. Let's see who's going to throw money at him. No, no, people maybe because they're all, him. Well, maybe because they're waiting on him to turn turn the corner. Yeah, because yeah. he's had a couple good weeks. Well, I missed my shot to get Dak. Derek at eight to one is not bad. Uh, Stafford at twelve to one. If they win the division, and Stafford keeps on these this cardiac cats, you know, I will make it a prediction now that Matt Stafford will win the MVP. Wow! If the same kid who didn't pick Detroit to win on Thanksgiving, true story. This I gotta go bold at this point. I gotta gotta build back my <laughs> reputation as a Lions fan. But no, seriously, they he wins the MVP if they kick the shit out of Dallas. Yes, yes. If he makes Dallas look stupid. Mm-hmm. Which is very well within that, because if anybody knows that series very well, and, and Stephen Martyr knows it, and I know it, they've got a history together, the Dallas mm-hmm. Cowboys and the Detroit Lions. They they have shootouts. Mm-hmm. And if the Detroit Lions defense gets Levy back, there's a chance, there's a chance, a slim chance, but a chance nonetheless, that Matt Stafford goes in there and rolls rolls big. Okay. Because he's a Dallas guy. Yes, absolutely. Always shows up against the Dallas Cowboys. But if they, mark my words, if they go in there and make them look stupid, people are going to say, well, now now we can't ignore him. Okay. Now we can't ignore him. So then if you were Not a gambling right now, man. Though. Not if, right now. If you were a gambling man and you had to put money on it today, where do you throw your money? 
On which person? Yeah. Do uh, you the, go on the twelve to one on Stafford? No, I actually I'm going I'd go right now to 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 Vegas right now and put money on Derek Carr. Eight to one is not bad for a kid that's nine and two right now. He currently sits as one of the top let's say one, two, three, four, five, one of the has has one of the top five best passer ratings of mm-hmm. all the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And what he did this week with a bro you know, he's currently what, dealing with a broken finger, thumb? Pinky, yeah. Pinky. He looked like the guy that you want leading your team. 100%. And they're not a fluke. They've Mm-mm. lost two games. Mm-mm. And you can talk about a good defense. You can talk about a heck of a hell, you know, good coach and good oh, receivers. It begins and ends with Derek Carr. But it begins Carr. and ends with Derek Carr. Yeah. Before I uh, go, go really quickly through the rest of the list, I wanted to answer the question that we had earlier on um, about a rookie winning the uh, NFL MVP award. Um, Jim Brown won the Associated Press MVP in his rookie year in 1957, Cuse 44. Oh, no. Syracuse. Uh, and Earl Campbell in 1978 won it from the Pro Football Writers of America. Okay, so, so that would be that'd be pretty unprecedented. It would be un. It would be un, especially for the modern NFL because that's that was a lo- obviously a long time ago. You know, post it's it's post uh, AFL merger, but it, a long time ago nonetheless. That's a Mount Rushmore of people to be on. It if really you is. Win as a rookie. And does let me ask you? Obviously, it'd be a hypothetical. But do you think Zeke Elliott? Is as good without a Dak Prescott, or a Dak Prescott is is as good without a, without a Zeke Elliott. I think the offensive line makes Ezekiel Elliott as good as he is. I love Zeke. I'm I'm a big fan of him, but that offensive line is awesome. Uh, Dak Prescott, though, even with a great offensive line, is making throws and making decisions, decisions. that are that are winning games. Decisions. I think that's that's where I think I think Dak Prescott should get more of a consideration. But then than again, Zeke that's Elliott. that's that's rough because the quarterback is the one making the decisions. Like and then, if Ezekiel Elliott played quarterback, blah 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 blah. And then you, you got to talk I mean? about Jason Witten. Oh, yeah. Des Bryant, yeah. how they affect Dak Prescott's decision making. Yeah, that. So it, it's a hard discussion. It's not as clear cut as some of the other guys like Tom but Brady. I, I think we both agree the money's on eight to one, Derek Carr. All right, let's move it on. I believe we have an email from one of our readers. We do. We right. do. We have an email from Thomas Wortham. There you go. What's up, Teej? Teej. If you remember, Teej. Hey, Teej was our guest a couple weeks ago. Uh, NBA breakdown. Now, NBA yeah. breakdown. Well, yeah, it's been a couple. But, and his Lakers um, are doing great. And here it is. I was hoping your brilliantly nerdy NFL minds could explain the intentional following the Ravens used to beat the Bengals. Would love to hear your opinion of the loophole. Well, uh, that has to do with the fact that an NFL game cannot end on a defensive penalty, but it can end on an offensive penalty. Or a special teams penalty. Or a special teams penalty. So Baltimore is sitting there, just up one score over Cincinnati with 12 seconds left, and instead of punting the ball and giving Cincinnati a chance at a return or a Hail Mary, they decide to tell every one of their players to tackle the Cincinnati defenders. Nine. Don't just, not, just block ta- them. not just tackle. Hold them. Hold them. Hold nine, them down to the nine ground. Nine penalties. As in grab fistfuls of their jerseys and do not let go. And you're watching this, and there are eight, Nine guys on the field, all just handfuls. It was a hockey fight. Yeah. And the punter's just holding on to the ball. I was going to say, which is impressive, because you know the punter's not going to get caught Slowly with anything. backing up towards the end zone, avoiding the pressure. Taking time off the clock, letting it loose, letting it loose. Then once it hit triple zeros, take the safety. You know that's going to be a rule change. Absolutely. I don't know if that's going to be a rule change. They, the NFL does not like stuff like that. Yeah. They don't like loopholes. Yeah. They like they like tight games. They like interesting games. That stuff is just... You you know you know there's going to be more of that now that that can's been open. They're going to shut that tight. I'll tell you who really didn't like it: the people who took Baltimore at plus five and a half, <laughs> minus five and a half. That's going to yeah. that's going to be a big motivator. Yeah, that one absolutely. Hurt. That one hurt. Yes, that's what happened. T.J. John Harbaugh is smarter than the rest of us. Simple as that. 
Mm-hmm. All right, moving on, guys. It's time for our favorite segment of the week, and it's getting really difficult. We're about to play Gravestones right now, and this game works out in the fact that we have eliminated slowly over the course of the season a team each week from the playoffs saying, you are dead in the water, you're not making the playoffs, and as it's going along, we're eliminating team after team, week after week. We don't have a lot of teams left. It's getting really, really difficult to sit here and say this team for sure is not making the playoffs. Currently, we have all killed Cleveland, Chicago, San Fran, the Jets, Jacksonville, our Los Angeles Rams, Cincinnati Bengals, and the Miami Dolphins, which we are all fools for killing them so early. Um, But back then, I mean, who knew? So we're sitting here now. Uh, I guess I'll go first. Um, In the past couple of weeks, I've killed off San Diego, Carolina, New Orleans, Arizona, Tampa Bay. And now I'm sitting here. I'm looking at all the teams I've killed off, and I've killed off more NFC teams than I have AFC. So I have to go over to the AFC. And looking at all these teams that are left for me, it's really difficult because this team has a really good shot at making the playoffs. They're one loss away from being in a playoff seed, but I just don't think they're going to do it. And worse off is the fact that recently I've met a a lady friend while at work, and she's a very, very cute girl and more into football than anyone I've ever met before. And now she's going to know you You think she's cute. Oh, she, I mean, if she's listening, hope to God she's listening. She's a, she's if a she babe. likes you, she will. She's a babe. But she is from Buffalo, Buffalo, New York, and is a diehard Buffalo Bills fan. It was telling me stuff about the Bills, that telling me stuff about football that I didn't know. I, I want to know more about the Buffalo Bills. I consider myself a very, very football-worldly guy, and this woman was schooling me on the Buffalo Bills. Loves her team, loves following them. We were at each other's throats about the New England-Buffalo rivalry, and I feel bad to break her beautiful heart, but... The Buffalo Bills are not a team that's made to make in the playoffs this year. There are other teams that are too far ahead of them record-wise, and I just don't see Tyrod Taylor and LaShawn McCoy. I don't see the the dominoes falling their way for them to make a playoff. So very sadly, I am killing off one of my favorite teams to watch, the Buffalo Bills, and I don't feel too good about it. It's just a team I had to pick. Uh, which one do you want to go next here, guys? I'll go next. All right, if, Dangles. Uh, if Brian, if you still need a minute or no, or, please uh, go. Oh no, well, uh, I'm ready for this. Yeah, uh, Dangles, you're you're looking a little bit rough here. You've, your first three weeks, you killed off teams that are still fighting for playoff spots. That's Indy, the Giants, and Baltimore. You also killed off Tampa Bay, and Drew killed Buffalo for you. So that's tough. Yeah, you're sitting here. Those five teams are all <laughs> sniffing that's the playoffs. Tough. So you got a couple of options here, easy options if you want to take an easy road. Dangles, who are you killing off, buddy? This week, uh, I, I've taken a long time to do this, but uh, I, I'm just not seeing. I'm not seeing the the path to the playoffs for this team at this point, despite the fact that they are the reigning uh, NFC champions, and that's the Carolina Panthers. Oh wow! I okay. think it's finally time for for them to go. Especially, I don't know how lo- much longer Luke Keekley is going to be out, but it, it's very apparent that he is a huge part of that defense. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't see a path for the Carolina Panthers to the playoffs. Sitting at at four and seven, they're one and four on the road so far and they're one in three in division even if they do start to play well heading towards the end of the season they're going to have more divisional matchups uh, as they go along they round out the year uh, with the Falcons and the Buccaneers uh, in Atlanta and then at home in Charlotte and then in Tampa Bay uh, and they're just not going to have the head-to-heads I don't think at the end uh, no matter how long it goes no I'm with you I think it's uh, they've fallen behind too far and that loss against the Raiders was really the final nail in the coffin and with that said Dangles, you were the last person to kill off the Panthers, so that means we've all added them to the grave pool. I'm sorry, Mr. Thomas Jones Wortham. Your Carolina Panthers are not returning to the playoffs. Brian, you're left, buddy. Who do you've, I got? Yeah, so you've uh, we have the grave pool now of nine teams, and individually you've killed off Indianapolis, Baltimore, Arizona, and San Diego. God, I want that Baltimore back. I know, right? Baltimore. 
Well, uh, with that being said, I think I am probably going to have to kiss the Philadelphia Eagles goodbye. Really? Yeah. Um, well, I'm at that point now where I just have to pick somebody, and, yeah, and, it's, yep, yep. and it's not getting easy. I liked your Bills pick, but I, I just, I, as much as the Miami Dolphins are a team that has surprised us the last six games, they have the potential to surprise us again. And the benefactor of that would be the Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. at six and five. Now, when I look at the Eagles at five and six, they're currently the 11th seed mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And every week, those those seeds become a little bit firmer and firmer. And I'm looking at their schedule right now. They play the Bengals. Then they play Redskins at home, at Ravens, Giants at home, Cowboys at home. That's going to be tough yeah. when you're looking at the Giants, yeah. the Redskins, and the Dallas Cowboys. And you think they're the worst team out of those out of that NFC East? Yes. So then, yeah, you got to kill them. You just got to kill them. I don't disagree with the pick, Brian. I, it, it, I, it was something I was tossing around last week, uh, potentially killing them off, because they just don't. We talked about it a little bit before the show. Losing Lane Johnson for that team has been so, so. catastrophically bad. Uh, they just they haven't. And, and, and to be fair, Ryan Matthews has also been injured. The rushing duties have been. Darren Sproles has been injured as well. So the rushing duties have been largely left to Wendell Smallwood. And he had, he had a, a good day, I think, early on in the season. He ran for a couple of touchdowns, maybe a return or something like that. I can't remember. But they just, they're not a put-together team. And I keep bringing it up, complete teams at the end of, at this point in the season. Philadelphia is definitely on my radar in weeks to come for a Gravestone and team. If po- they don't start, I mean, you know, if they don't have a miraculous turnaround. Yep. All right, well, that's it. That's our it for our Gravestones. And we're going to finish up our recap section as we move on to talk about the Rams, Jared Goff, Eric Dickerson, and the games ahead. It's a lot to talk about, guys. But thank you for listening. We're in the Left Coaster studio. My name's Tony. Cavallo, Brian Belzerini, and Matt D'Angelo Antonio. I got the name right, right? Nailed it. Killing it. Good All for right, you. moving on, baby. Ram it. Well, it was a tale of two stories in uh, New Orleans this past week for the Los Angeles Rams. They lose in a route to the uh, Saints, 49-21. to Drew Brees just absolutely torched the Rams secondary, uh, throwing for 310 yards and four touchdowns. But the sky is not falling necessarily on Jared Goff. A much more impressive showing for him. More confidence, more poise, making pre-snap reads, changing coverages, not making bad as bad throws as he did the first week. Guys, Jared Goff, is he here? Is he the starting quarterback in Los Angeles now? Or does he still have a lot to prove? I mean, he obviously still has a lot to prove. But what do you? how do you feel after his first week really showing what he's made of? I feel very happy. I don't know about you. Brian I feel I mean they did not play as well as they should have even but Jared Goff made some throws that we've been waiting for him to make since they drafted the kid no problem with what he just showed Mm -hmm. no problem whatsoever he looked like he was a starting quarterback in the NFL absolutely the we all know the New Orleans defense has had some troubles this year but he did what any quarterback in the NFL has done against the New Orleans Mm -hmm. Saints and that makes me feel like He's 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 got a good chance to be wonderful in this league. And his stats were not great by any means. He did have three touchdowns, but the yardage and the completion uh, versus attempts were not great. But I will say, watching him make those throws, that those stats oh, are he more good. Yeah, those stats are more about the Rob Boris crappy offense he's running. But he can play ball and Tw- he can spin it. I mean, those that that first touchdown pass to the, to oh, the was that was beautiful. Was that was a great first drive. So you can see him execute a game plan properly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know who looked good, too? Todd Gurley. 
He didn't look terrible. So that I, I can see that 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 those two look like a pair. And, and he spread the ball out. Kenny Britt, five receptions, fifty-two yards, touchdown. Lance Kendricks, four receptions, fifty-one yards, touchdowns. Tavon, four receptions, forty-five yards, touchdown. That's, I mean, it. Just don't forget that there was an interception, of course, but yes. also there was a, a bad sack fumble. That was bad. So he looked like a rookie, but there were. Again, great things to 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 hang his hat on, and he should have a little bit of confidence going into this next. This game. is what we've been waiting for since he's been on the team. This is why you need to get those rookie mistakes, those yes. sack fumbles, out of his system before you're a contender. And he doesn't look like Ryan Leaf. No, he doesn't look like an asshole. No. He doesn't look like somebody who's putting his head down, crying. He looks like a guy who's got who's got some excitement. He's got a pep in his step, and and a live arm. That, on the on the other side of it, the offense didn't score in the second half. Well, that's that's a coaching error. That's mm. that's bad. I admit, I've seen it as a Lions fan. It's bad game management. You don't go you go to the locker room and you make adjustments because that's what Sean Payton does. Yes, he did. That's what Sean Payton does. That's what a good coach does. He puts you in a position where they say, "Okay, this is what we're doing wrong. This is where we're getting beat. We're going to make adjustments." It just goes to show you the LA Rams currently do not have an answer for everything. No, not at all. Not even close. And no, that's and, a coaching. Error. And we thought maybe that answer for everything would be their their defense. And really, the only person who played up to snuff on 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 Sunday was Aaron Donald getting to Drew Brees because Drew, when he wasn't being rocked by that Aaron was a Donald, hell of, a, you know, hell of a sack. It was uh, Drew Brees was was tearing up the 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 secondary. Michael Thomas caught two touchdowns. Willie Sneed threw a touchdown to Tim Hightower. It was a really, really impressive week for the Saints. And Greg Williams, his homecoming to New Orleans, oh, how God. embarrassing is that? Not Bad. even not even the passing, but Mark Ingram, 14 carries, 146 yards. You don't need to be a genius at math to figure out that average, after and that's getting, terrible. After getting knocked unconscious yes. Thursday night, this <laughs> or two weeks ago on Thursday night football against Carolina. Once again, in the uh, the litany of Jeff Fisher excuses that he makes for his team not Loves playing him. up to snuff. Last week against the Dolphins, when they lost fourteen to ten, when he asked about Jared, or when he was asked about Jared Goff's first start, he uh, he praised his ability not to get flagged for a delay of game penalty. This week, oh, it gets even better. This week gets even better. Why did the Saints win? Well, because, of course, they had an extra three or four days. This is a direct quote from him to prepare for us, having played last Thursday night, and they did a really good job. Yeah, they had the Saints had three extra days to prepare for Jared Goff throwing to absolutely no one and Todd Gurley running for absolutely nothing except into the rear ends of his friggin' offensive linemen. That doesn't make any sense. Are you kidding me? He just continues to make these asinine excuses for everything that he does wrong this is a this is the recipe for seven and nine you take a mediocre you take a mediocre head coach and you mix him together with a bunch of excuses and a god complex that doesn't allow him to take responsibility for anything that apparently happens on the football field and what do you have that's the on one of the worst records overall in i mean what's the stat we keep bringing up on jeff fisher that he's 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 like trash well just he's every stat we bring up on jeff fisher's trash garbage he the the most wins he's ever had in a, in a season since taking over in 2012, I believe it was. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. Uh, seven wins. Seven wins. Pathetic. Seven wins. It's pathetic. Uh, it's well, pretty and there's, terrible. They and play there's 16 games this season. Seven wins. I don't know how much, and I don't know how much there is more to say about the actual football game. I mean, it was I will say one actual... thing before we move on because there's a very interesting topic that we're going to talk about. The Rams and Jeff Fisher is at the center of it. Uh, EJ Gaines, the cornerback for the Rams, who's had a big up and down season. Ten tackles in the game. 
It is never good when your cornerback has 10 say, tackles. That awful. means his receivers caught the ball more than 10 times. Awful. It's a tough game. Or that running backs are breaking into, into the secondary and tearing up apart, and they're yep. the ones having to bring him down. So we lost to a better team. We lost to a team that had more firepower. We lost to a team that outmaneuvered us in every sense of the word. That's what these Rams are. I'm really worried about these Rams quitting on this team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You you can bet your ass in the next couple of weeks. You're going to see, especially if they that's going to be the test. Well, because think about it again. Going back to the idea that the offense is on, the the defense is off, the, the the offense is off, the defense is on. That's a morale killer because next time they're down in a game, they should be winning, and somebody's to blame. Don't don't count out Jeff Fisher, and uh, and the defensive staff yelling at each other. Oh, they yeah. I mean, Jeff Fisher and uh, on the sidelines. They I, were yelling I texted at you guys each other. during the game. Greg Williams and Jeff were yapping at each other on the sideline. It was right after a long run from Ingram, and you can just and I think it was Jeff Fisher's quote was like everybody, everybody, knew, everybody in the Bayou knew that that was going to be a uh, that was going to be a uh, halfback screen, but us. <laughs> what kind of what kind of confidence does that put into anybody in your team that you're so quick to throw somebody yeah, under the bus? So, it's so Jeff Fisher. That's so Je- that is so like. Him. And so and so when that mentality is at the top of the heap, don't don't kid yourself. There's it's gonna it's gonna start to trickle down to everybody in the locker room. It's gonna start into position groups. It's gonna start the the finger pointing will will commence and it'll be public. It'll be public because losing well, does that. Speaking of public. And who doesn't like losing? Eric Dickerson. Seriously. Eric Dickerson does not like the Rams as they stand right now and has made a vocal point of it really this think, whole week. I don't really think he dislikes the Rams so much as he likes the man that uh, we just can't seem to get away from here, Jeff Fisher. Yes. Yeah, and and, and to, to, to start off this discussion, it started with a couple comments by Eric Dickerson to Pro Football Talk. And th- this was this, these were the quotes. And you tell me if this sounds like it's overreaching or overly critical, so much so that it it deserved a lashing from the Los Angeles Rams organization. But here it is, quote, I like Jeff Fisher, I do. But liking a coach and then winning football games is two different things. It's no different from a player that's not performing. What do they do? They cut him or release him. The same thing with a coach, I mean. If you're not going to perform and you can't have a winning football team, you're just not going to be there, especially in L.A. L.A. is a city where we want winners. We have to win in that city. I think it would be hard-pressed for the Rams to go 4-12 or 5-11 this year or 6-10 and and him keep his job. I mean, that's just being honest about it. It's all about winning in Los Angeles because we don't have those kind of fans that are just the loyal diehard fans like the Packer or the Steelers fans. I wish we did, but it's just not there yet. The Rams have been gone for just too long. So Eric End Dickerson quote. makes those comments on his radio show, mm-hmm. and this is well before any of this hoopla happened. Eric Dickerson then, as I understand, asks for game passes for himself and his boys to the most recent L.A. game. Was denied these game passes for him and his boys. That's when shit hit the fan. Dangles? Yeah. So Monday, uh, this past Monday, Dickerson goes on AM570 Sports AM talk station where he actually has a show called The Eric Dickerson Show that he does on a weekly basis, uh, I believe. Um, He went on and he basically said somebody from upper management told him that he was not welcome on the sideline. And then he said later on in an interview with ESPN that I he and this is a direct quote from him. I won't be at the Coliseum as long as Jeff Fisher is coaching. 
I'm a man of my word, and if I tell you something, I'm going to do it. So I got this update on my phone. I texted Brian and Tony, and we were kind of confused about it. So uh, and, and almost immediately afterward, uh, Kevin Demoff, who's the COO of the Rams, comes out on Twitter, uh, and he uh, he basically denied ever he denied it all. He tweeted out support of Dickerson, um, and I'm paraphrasing some of this from Alton Gonzalez at ESPN, uh, who is the Rams beat writer, uh, to help me out here. Um, he says he's reached out. The Kevin Demoff, the CEO, says I've reached out to Eric to see where a miscommunication may have occurred to clear up any confusion over his presence at games. You know, uh, and he's told ESPN in an interview that he's always welcome at practice, he's always welcome at games, and there's never been anything to the contrary. So then later on that day, Jeff Fisher gets asked in his daily news conference about what happened with Dickerson, and he. Uh, you know, sort of played it off. He didn't know where it was coming from. He said that they had uh, spoken on the phone and had a good conversation and ended by saying, quote, I'd welcome him in the building. I'd love to have him in. I'd love to have him come to practice. I'd love to have him come to the meetings. So then uh, they're trying to, obviously now we're trying to figure out getting to the bottom of this. Who told Eric Dickerson he couldn't come to the Rams games or was that just something that he fabricated or did he miscommunicate? Did somebody miss? What happened? So after the game pass uh, incident that you mentioned, Tony, apparently Dickerson, uh, Uh, And Fisher had spoken on the phone. And according to Eric Dickerson in his interview, he said that Jeff Fisher told him, quote, players feel uncomfortable with you coming on the sidelines. Some of the stuff you said about the team, about coaches and the players, which Brian had said earlier, which Brian told us about earlier. And as long as I'm head coach, we're not going to have that. You're not going to be saying stuff. You're not going to be coming to the sidelines as long as I'm head coach here. And then apparently Dickerson got hot and he said, you know, I didn't ask for this. I'm not putting my hand out asking for the Rams to come back. I've been here. Do you think I owe you something? You know, something along those is what he said. Um, And then uh, uh, Dickerson said Fisher tried to interrupt him. And he, you know, basically said, you can go anywhere else in the United States. I'm still going to be Eric Dickerson of the L.A. Rams. That's why I wear the gold jacket. I'm a frustrated player. I'm a frustrated fan. Again, I'm paraphrasing from Alton Gonzalez. uh, And I watch this every week. I love the players and I'm always a player first and he had a great and he had even just to add to that he had a great comment in his one of his earlier uh, um, um, conversations in which he said to Jeff Fisher that if I owe you something send me a bill <laughs> that was that yeah and that was the end that was the end part of that conversation so it basically ended with uh, as Fisher backtracked apparently and said according to Dickerson he backtracked and said that Dickerson would be welcome on the sideline and Dickerson said he told Fisher you don't ever have to worry about me coming to football games ever again I like coming to games basically because of the fans not because of the football games end quote okay so we have a little bit of a war here from the head coach of the football team versus probably the best player to ever play for the football team a man who is the face of that franchise young and old, and that's Eric Dickerson. My question to you two is, after all the above, after all these quotes and all this mudslinging that we have, who comes out here the biggest loser? Oh, it's who easily... Who does this hurt the most? Easily Jeff Fisher. I 100% oh, agree yeah, with and you. Don't kid yourself either that there is a big black guy coming out of that out of that uh, front office, too. That's just... Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a and, PR and, and it goes all the way, And it goes all the way up to Kroenke. It goes all the way up to Kroenke. It does, because... When you don't make your alumni feel welcome or feel like they have the ability to speak first through firsthand knowledge about what it's like to be a player and to watch what's happening on that field and to not be critical, honestly critical, nothing he said was out of line. No. Nothing he said w- w- wouldn't be what any other good player from any other organization, Barry Sanders. No. Yeah. If, 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 I, if Barry Sanders said that same thing about the Detroit Lions, and he has— 
You 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 don't you don't go and tell him he's not welcome. That's the thing. Yeah, if 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 Eric Dickerson's comments that you read out earlier in this little podcast here, if those are enough to get him banned from the sidelines, we're then friends, we're fucked. We're screwed. We're never gonna be at let let in the stadium, let alone on the. But sideline. you can't run. You can't run your organization authoritarian style. You just can't because, and that's what Jeff Fisher has shown to 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 be like now. Yeah. And that does not get you. That does not get you, know, you wins. You know how this doesn't become a tabloid subject and gets on the minds of your players, like, "Oh, Eric Dickerson is saying this stuff." You don't He's call fucking like Eric Dickerson. You don't bring it up. This wouldn't affect a Bill Bell. He doesn't. Bill Belichick does not give a shit what anyone says about his football team except for him. And he's running the football team the way he wants it. If Jeff Fisher had control over this football team, this wouldn't be a factor. And you think Jeff Fisher would have enough to worry about? Yeah. Then, then what standing I or think, stand, not standing on I the sidelines? I think the way they've handled this this week has been really disappointing. The way they've handled it's this a distraction. PR thing. It's nothing but they've a distraction. They've let it become a distraction. It's, well, it could have been a distraction intentionally because they suck that bad right now. Well, it's really sad for really the Rams fans when you think about it because. Dickerson was the only link left here in the Los Angeles fan base to that football team, to that era. He was it. They, they, this team left, forgot about Los Angeles for two decades, yep. more than that. And then yep. they came back, and he was the key to bridging the, ba- the gap between those fans of the L.A. Rams in the 80s 100%. and the 100%. fans of the uh, 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 of Rams now. And alienating him like this, and it's hard to take sides in all of this because we're not privy to this conversation. Yeah. We're going off of a he said, she said sort of thing. And I mean, to top it all off, you've got, it, 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 despite all that, we're still looking at Jeff Fisher as the villain here here and eric dickerson as the victim eric dickerson needs to be the one banging the the, the drum at the games revving up the crowd needs to be that guy and let me ask you though to that point who's the bad guy in this what has eric dickerson got to gain out of this yeah. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. He has nothing to gain from starting a PR And nothing d- discussion. to lose by not showing up to these games absolutely. anymore. Absolutely. The only thing I would say is that if he if he if Dickerson is as passionate as he says he is about the fans, then he should take the high road here in terms of Jeff Fisher. I agree. Forget about him and go to the games anyway, because he said he, and he, I remember I read the quote. It's not about the football games. I come here mostly because I love the fans. So if he truly loves the fans and this is the only thing I would say, uh, you know, to the to the opposite is Dickerson should be at the games. He should be ignoring whatever and pay for his tickets. Had. He should even pay for his tickets. Say, I'll just give you like your because I'm not asking for a handout, and and to nail that'd that be, home, and an extra, that'd be even an extra middle finger. Absolutely. So uh, we sit here now, Jeff Fisher, looking like the dunce that he is out of this situation once again. Um, with this, Eric Dickerson saying he doesn't want to go to a game that Jeff Fisher is coaching. Uh, Jeff Fisher losing more games than we thought he would at the beginning of the season. Before we move on to the next game against the Patriots, Jeff Fisher keeping his job? No, no, absolutely not. And you, if he does, you sure it, about this? Yes. Uh, I, I, I'm calling it right now. Jeff Fisher's getting fired at the I end don't, of the season. I don't know Cronky well enough to say I, I, I'm in his head, but I don't know how you could if the Rams, let's say the Rams win two more games. What's that put them at? Six and ten. Or two more games, it puts them at six and seven. I'm sorry. You, eventually I you meant, six yeah, and six, eventually and let's say six they, and, and ten. And they, and they lose the rest. That's six and ten? So yes. I, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you bring him back. So let me uh, give you a little quote here from the same Kevin Demoff that is at the center of this Eric Dickerson scandal as well. Kevin Demoff is the COO of the Rams, which I didn't know teams had COOs. Oh, yeah, man. Chief Operating Officers. I thought it just went owner. Same business structure as anything else. I mean, okay. Uh, Well, the COO, Kevin Demoff, seems to have a lot of say in what goes on in these Rams. And uh, this article on Pro Football Focus, Kevin Demoff suggests Jeff Fisher will be back. 
And I'm going to read you the quotes from Kevin Demoff's mouth himself. Uh, this is from Mike Florio and Steve Weish of NFL Media. Uh, Kevin Demoff, everyone will want to judge Jeff. That's Jeff Fisher, the head coach of these Rams. Everyone will want to judge Jeff through the prism of just the record. But that's totally unfair when you look at the set of circumstances he was handed this year. It was different than any other team in the NFL. I'm going to barf. We moved halfway across the country, had OTAs in Oxnard, training camp was in Irvine, now we're in Thousand Oaks. We moved coaches and players and families to provide leadership and consistency. He's done a model job. One more bit before you guys rip him apart. This is the last quote. I can't get through I'm it without laughing. not getting time back. He's a terrific leader of men. Players, coaches, and staff. He has their complete respect in the way he runs the franchise. It's easy to talk about the record, but you have to take a snapshot of everything this year and give him the credit that's due. Okay. That's from the COO so let's of take, this Rams. Let's take that snapshot of everything that's happened this year. Exactly. Right here. Click. It's done. We just took the snapshot of the Rams season. They're four and seven. They can't score points. Their defense is getting absolutely blown up by good offenses. By good by good offenses, they're and making they're not mental playing, mistakes every week. They're not week. playing spectacular against g- bad offenses either. Mental they're mistakes every week. Making mental mistakes every week. They're shooting themselves in the foot almost every chance that they get. They're making bad decisions in terms of penalties. They continually get penalized on the defensive side of the ball for things that are absolutely unnecessary. And he felt the need to call an alumni when there was no need to in the first why? place. Why? I just I don't understand why is everyone still defending him? A terrific leader. Of men. And let's point something out here. If you're going to give him a high five for helping transition the team to Los Angeles, good for you. Give him a high five, but put him <laughs> in the fucking front office. Don't put him at the don't put him at the head coach. If he's a leader of men, good for him. If you, if if there's certain skills that Jeff Fisher has that you find useful, put him put him put him to use. But they're not being put to use as the head coach of the, of the football team when you consider what he's done as a head coach, and that's lose, lose. And lose. I don't know how you can look at a head coach without using the prism of record. That's what they that, paid the bills asinine. for. That's, that's what they paid the bills I mean, he's for. trying to take it off the field and say beyond what they've yes, done. I and, understand. and I get and, and I get all fair. that too. And that's that is fair. That is fair. But where I'm from, we do our job. And his <laughs> job as head coach was to take this team to a new city. I don't. I, I don't care that no other team had to do it. When you're not the first team who has had to move from one city to another to start a new NFL season. Last I checked, the field in Los Angeles is the same size as the field in St. Louis. Absolutely. And the record's the same. Yeah. The record's the same. That's the only thing that hasn't changed. The Rams have changed. They may may have changed cities. They may have changed the first part of their friggin' team name. (laughs) The only thing that's the same is that they're just below average. And and he needs to give the fans some credit because nobody said he, he didn't deserve to have that coaching job. We were all saying, all right, we we're understand. not excited, but we're, we're not it excited, to you. but we're yeah. giving it. We're giving him a chance. Yeah. Nobody was calling for his head game one. No. Well, I'm telling you right now, Dangles, you can lead us into the next section, but it's not going to start this week. This Rams is not going to turn around this week because who's their opponent, Dangles? It's the New England Patriots. Uh-huh. And I, where are they I'm playing? I'm glad we're moving on. They're playing at Gillette. Yep. 
Good and, luck. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is not going to be good. Now, I did. I, I will say that uh, there are, and as you mentioned earlier, Tony, there are starting to be a few cracks in the wall here in New England. Yep. Pieces are falling off. Yep. And honestly, without Gronk, and I don't know if, if they're going to be able to play on Sunday. We you know, saw last week. Gronk would have had, by the way, two touchdowns last week. He was wide open if Brady hadn't overthrown him both times. He would have had two touchdowns, and I would have been much better off in fantasy. But that's besides the point. Uh, without Martellus Bennett and, Gr- and Rob Gronkowski as their tight ends, those two are what make, and especially Rob Gronkowski, are what makes that offense dynamic. Without them, I, and I know you could say, yes, Julian Edelman, and yeah, he could probably throw to him all day long and things would be fine. But Brady, you can't, if you, any quarterback in the NFL, if you're only going to make one read and you, they know you only have one target to throw to, it's going to be pretty easy to scheme against him. As good as Brady is, you know, he's only good, he's only as good as the receivers around him. I'm excited to see this game because I want to see what Jared Goff can do against what Bill Belichick plans against him. Mm-hmm. And also, Belichick went out of his way this week. We're not going to read the quotes because we've already gone too long on the Rams, but he went out of his way this week to compliment our punter, Johnny Hecker. Said he is one of the best weapons in football. Absolutely. So that's pretty I, any awesome. team in the Any team in the league would want him. Yeah. Well, let's make our picks. I'm going to pick New England to win this game. New Guys. England. I'm going to pick New England with the added chip uh, of the fact that Tom Brady, if he wins this Sunday, will become the winningest quarterback in NFL history. That's awesome. So he, and he's obviously, you know, Tom Brady, he's not necessarily one to tout uh, his own personal accomplishments or statistics or anything like that. But I have to think that that's going to be in the back of his mind of that he could become the winningest NFL quarterback who has ever played at if home he needs in front more of the fuel. fans. Yep. To, to, yeah, no, if he needs more fuel, that's it right there. So I'm absolutely picking the New England Patriots. All right, let's. Uh, I mean, we got some interesting stuff to talk about as these Rams move on. We'll see if they start to quit on their team, but uh, we got to move on as a podcast, guys. Ready for our pick section? I'm excited Rock for you to roll, be back man. here, baby. It's gonna be fun. First injury report and then picks, guys. As always, ram it. All right, guys. Injury report. We've got an interesting one up here. Uh, coach. You don't coach. see too many coaches. Yeah. Coach Zimmer. Mike Zimmer, Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings. He's got an eye injury this week. Came so out. Have an eye surgery, eye eye surgery, and it, it's tough because he's having eye surgery Wednesday night, which means his game Thursday night. It's gonna be tough for him. And to it's come against back and coach. the Dallas Cowboys. It's yeah. already a tough matchup, but um, without the head coach, I don't know. Yeah. That that makes makes the prospects a little bit more difficult for the Give Minnesota North Vikings. Give Turner a call, see if he can come back to play a little game. Yeah, he's not busy. No. Next, we got the Redskins tight end Jordan Reed. He has a shoulder problem. He did not participate in practice in the early part of the week. Um, and then Jay Gruden said that Reed is still in a lot of pain and is progressing slowly. As far as I heard, it was a separated shoulder, which has many different diagnoses depending on how bad the separation is. But I also watch a lot of wrestling, and separated shoulder is one of the most common injuries with these guys, and they're out four to six months. It's <sighs> it's I have separated my shoulder before, and it is a long recovery, depending on again the degree of the separation that, that you have, and it's very painful, um, and it can come back out sometimes, and it, 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 you know the slightest movement can put it out of its socket. So it, it's it's something you got to watch, and a tough loss for the Redskins too, because exactly. Jordan Reed is, a big a, is, is is maybe Kirk Cousins' favorite target outside of Jamison Crowder. Speaking of another big weapon, Gronk. Back, back injury. Yeah, back left, injury. Left the game. Left the game early. So unfortunately, a, a perforated lung. Two weeks later, back injury forced him to leave. the yeah, game. Yeah, but that's par for the course. Gronk's been dealing with back injuries. In fact, that's what kept him down. That's what bumped him down so far in the draft. Back problems. Back? It's been his whole. Even at Arizona, he had back issues when he was a uh, when he was in college, and that's always been a concern. That's why he wasn't as drafted as high as he could have been because of those concerns. I don't think we see Gronk until the playoffs. 
I may think not. they officially put the hood on them and say, leave you in the garage till we need you. Why not? It's going to make a lot of fantasy owners really angry. They they're, not, they're not the worst off for it. But I think they get that one seed with or without them. We'll see. And they need them for the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see, though. Anybody we'll else? See. Well, this one's interesting. Reverse injury. We've got Andrew Luck coming back uh, this Monday. Thank God, because they need him. Yeah, the Colts aren't actually they're, – they're not much fun to watch with Andrew Luck. Without him, I mean, I pretty much start, turned my attention elsewhere by the time that game came on on but Thanksgiving do, Day. do the Texans look like a division winner right now? Absolutely not, because, and again, Andrew's right, right for the picking for anybody who has a quarterback named Andrew Luck. He's right there. So that's it for this week. Those are the big ones. All right, let's get to picks. I'm getting excited. Oh, man, here, right, we, here go. we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Left Coasters podcast again. Tony Cavallo, Brian Belzerini, and uh, I got that right again? Nailed it. Oh, man. That's like three in a row, man. And Matt D'Angelo Antonio. Eventually, I'll be able to say your name without having to pause. That'll be, or that'll ask be a me treat. if you did it right. Yeah, I know, right? Here we are at our favorite section of the Left Coast's podcast, the Pick'em section. We have a tight race coming up, but before we do that, you can always email us at theleftcoasterspodcast.com. We have a Facebook and an Instagram under the same name that we are... We you post. mean at the Left Coasters Podcast at gmail.com? Yeah. We don't have the website yet. Yes. Maybe one yes. day the Left Coasters Podcast.com. We'll get to that point. But uh, the email address. We just address got the studio, is, okay? We're moving slowly here. I, 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 I got gotcha. you. I just want to make sure they know it's the Left Coasters Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for clarifying. Here we are at our picks. It, it, was, it was probably the best week of picks we've all ever done. It was a it was a it was an easy week, in, in my opinion. Well, don't say easy because uh, easier. Easier. We, we've set um I, I should say, set the bar and put up the best record of the season. Congratulations. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Before we get there, Cheddar, our guest host, went 9-4, and four, which is a respectable record, Very good, good enough for second place. Uh, Cheddar sits at second place on the guest host rankings. Dangles, you went 11-5, and five, really solid. And your season total now is 86-72. and 72. Good job, bud. You are not going to be Jeff Fisher this year. All right, no, I'm not going to be. I'm a play. I, if I'm if I'm in the Major League Baseball, I'm 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 a playoff team. Absolutely, Don't, absolutely. No shame in that. Jeez. I uh, again putting the best record up of our season with a 13 and three. Congrats, 13 bud. and three. I now sit at 95 and 63. 95, 63. Yep. Okay. Pretty solid. It's still only second place. So though. did Brian break the century mark this Here's week? Here's the thing, guys. I I put up a thirteen and three record. I only gained one game on Brian. I I was I twelve and four. <laughs> I had to text you. Mm-hmm. I don't typically text you about the uh, score. I like to hear it out loud. But uh, I had to check with you if you had pulled away from me too far. But I know the one win was big. Twelve and four. I stupidly took Houston to beat San Diego. That was a dumb pick. But twelve and four, Brian guy, and you are now a hundred wins and fifty eight losses. Ooh. 42 games Ooh, congratulations. above Century Club. Incredible. 42 games above 500, 5 games above Tony, 14 games above Dangles. And here we go with about five weeks left of these picks. We all took uh, New England to beat the crap out of the Rams. What's happening? Let's start with Thursday. All right, Thursday, game of the week if you are a Minnesota Vikings fan. <laughs> it's the Cowboys at the Vikings. Okay. It's it's it's, uh, it's a Dallas, tough week. Dallas. Yeah. It's Dallas tough week wins. for Vikings. Dallas wins. Dallas wins. Yep. Dallas all around. All right, next we've got the Chiefs at the Falcons. Game of the week. That's the real game, game of the week. Game of the week. Chiefs at Falcons. I have no idea what's going to happen in this you game. You can see almost every scenario. You can see oh, almost absolutely. any scenario. Any absolutely. scenario coming out of that one. Uh, Atlanta's beating really good teams. Kansas City's beating really good teams. But Kansas, Kansas City, City cannot afford a loss here. Neither can Atlanta. Tampa Bay's one game behind them in the division. When I see this game, I also, for whatever reason, have flashbacks of the Jaguars and the Chiefs game. Like I don't know why. I just do. I just like I see I see the Chiefs and they're not they're not unbeatable. You mm-hmm. know, they're not unbeatable. But 
Dangles, you're being quiet. What's going on? I'm just kind of looking around to, at you some of those team insiders. You're texting no, I'm people. Just look, I'm just looking at some of the stats here, trying to get a sense of where they are offensively uh, and defensively. The Kansas City Chiefs are giving up a lot of yards per game, like 381 a lot of yards per game. Justin and Houston, though. We know Atlanta Fal- – actually, Atlanta's only one uh, spot ahead of them for 26th uh, worst def- – I'm sorry, the 26th in the NFL. So what you're saying is take the over. I'm saying take the over, essentially, especially if you look offensively. I mean, comparatively, Atlanta is third in the league in yards per game versus Kansas City, who's 28th. Alex Smith is just – he's not – he's been good, but he's not – he doesn't have the weapons that Matt Ryan does. And especially, I'm watching Taylor Gabriel, number 18, in uh, on the Atlanta Falcons this week. He had two incredibly electrifying runs after catches last week. Uh, a huge waiver wire pickup uh, this week if you're uh, running a but fantasy team. who do they got team. back? Tevin Coleman is Tevin returned. Coleman's That's back, right. and he had a great game. He, wa- he is back, and now that the two-headed running uh, attack is back, I am going to go with the Falcons in okay. this game. Too. I am I as am well. Too. Oh, man. I was hoping I wanted, for a I wanted there. you guys to pull the Chiefs for that one because yeah. I felt like a genius on that. I, I like Atlanta. I like the Chiefs a lot, too, but I think Atlanta just And I think Atlanta plays so good at home. Yeah. They just typically play well at home. It's Excited good, to watch it. It's going to be a good game. All right, next we have my Lions at the Saints. I can't wait to hear what you have to That'll say about this. That'll be a fun game. That'll be that. They might score seventy points apiece in that. It game. could be a high-scoring yeah, game. Speaking of dangers, did you see the Syracuse Pittsburgh college score? Yeah, it looked like a basketball. It was a basketball score. score. Seventy-six to sixty-one, I think, was the final. Unbelievable. What? Yeah, yeah, college football. Yeah. Pittsburgh beat Syracuse in college football. Uh, I don't even think that we. I don't. I'm not sure that they got to that point last night when Syracuse played Wisconsin in basketball yeah. and lost. Seventy-seven to sixty, the loss against Wisconsin. Okay, in so basketball. who do we We've got here, people? Far. Uh, New Orleans, Detroit. This is tough. This is really yeah, tough. Yeah, it's at New Orleans. Rams coming off. I'm sorry, the Saints coming off having torched the Rams mm-hmm. at home. Let me ask you a question. Have you, when was the last game you saw the New Orleans Saints offense take a shit? That's a good question. I yeah, don't think we've don't seen know. it yet. I haven't seen it yet, and yeah. I don't think it's going to happen against the Lions. It's I just keep the, picking against the Lions, and they keep screwing me, though, yeah. Brian. Guys, I, they I'm not, screwing you. They make me look like an asshole. I'll tell you guys, uh, uh, the Lions are going to win this division. And the Lions are going to win this game. They have to win games like this. I, I think. I think Detroit. I think Detroit again will be losing in the fourth quarter, but they will come back and win. It depends on who has the ball last. Honestly, it's going to be. It's going to be. The game's going to be won at 1:05 p.m. Uh, uh, Pacific time. All right, fine. I'm going to Detroit, but this is one of those games where I know I'm going to kick myself afterwards. So you're taking Detroit. I'm going to take Detroit. You're a jackass. Dangles. I'm, I'm picking New Orleans. There you uh, go, to win, to win this game, I, I think Detroit is finally look. What goes up must come down, and the law of averages says eventually the Detroit Lions are going to lay a fucking egg on on offense. Cardiac and I cats. I think this is the week. Cardiac cats. God, it's going to be this week. Do you want to change your pick before we move on? Oh, no, look, God damn look, it! No, Matt bad, Stafford. Though. That'd be a, that'd prove, look bad. Prove me right, Matt. Come on, go. man. There you go. Don't make me look like an asshole. All right, let's 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 go. To All right, the next, next one. we got Broncos at Jaguars. <laughs> really? Denver. Yeah, Denver. Denver all around. Okay, next we got Texans at Packers. Oh, I'm, I'm saying right now, Packers. Green Bay. Oh, Green Bay. You know why? Absolutely. Because the Packers are going to make this this fucking run, and you know it. You absolutely know it. You can't. Sh- I can shit on the, the Lions because of their history. You can't shit on Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers pulled a great game in, at Philly this week. Yeah, he did. Uh, uh, Green Bay's defense is still leaves you wanting more, but Houston stinks. And Houston sucks. Houston's Houston terrible. Stinks. Brock Osweiler can't is terrible. Wait to watch them continue to crash. And I put burn. it on his. I put it on his shoulders. Still, he's the linchpin of that offense. He has to be better than he is. The Green Bay Packers win. All right. Yeah. So we're all Green, Green Bay. Bay. Okay. Uh, next, we have the Eagles at the Bengals. 
Uh, Eagles still have a chance to to make a run in this wild card, and they need to beat these Bengals. Bengals have quit. Bengals are dead. Bengals know they're dead. And the Vontez Perfect is gonna is gonna dead though. I think I think they're the same team as L.A. and the fact that they don't care. No, they gave the Rams, they gave the Ravens every ounce of their being. That's a divisional rival, though. But and they that, almost beat them. They almost beat them. Like you know that that game is the end. You know what I mean? We couldn't. Okay. Be, we did so all we could. So you think that's the straw that broke the camel's back? I think so. And, okay. and, I just don't think they're as good as they even thought they were yes. this year, honestly. And it's been you know injuries notwithstanding to AJ Green um, and and some and some of the folks on the defense. They're just. I just don't see them being as good as they thought they were this okay. year. At three seven and one, that tie is gonna. That tie is. It's even if they did make a run. There's yeah, no. Way. It's, so it sounds dead. like everybody's going with the Eagles. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna be with the yeah, Eagles as well. Next, we have the Dolphins at the Ravens. This is a good matchup, actually. I, I, this this is maybe maybe not game of the week, but up there for me. These law, are, these are averages, all, and these are all early games, right? Uh, correct. That's this is gonna be a fun we're slate. Still, for red we're zone. still in ten o'clock. Yeah, it will be a good. Slate. But good going slate. back, I think the law of averages applies here. We've had obviously the Dolphins have been on an incredible streak at this point, and they're playing well. I'm actually gonna go with the Ravens. God damn it, Brian! I'm trying to pick differently than you, but I see Baltimore winning this game. Well, I do. We just—I mean, Miami, Miami is beating teams. They are beating teams they should beat, and there's no reason that they should be blown out in this game. I just think Baltimore matches up well against mm-hmm. them. They absolutely do. They um, absolutely do. I, I, I like to see Steve Smith take it to that Dolphins defense. And I'm I, going with Baltimore as well. Dangles? I'll spice it up a little bit. I'm picking Miami because the only person offensively on the Ravens who's doing anything to put points on the board right now is Justin Tucker, who is also That's a true. fantastic singer, by the way. Yeah, uh, opera singer. He's, an opera, he's a trained opera singer. He sang with like the Baltimore Philharmonic. He does a killer Ave Maria. And a fun <laughs> fact is he didn't start singing until he got into college. Really? What, he wasn't trained in anything. They just said you, you, somebody heard him sing and he wanted to do it. He, so he is earning his multi-million dollars. He put in three 50-plus yard field goals in the first half of the game they played last week. That's something that no kicker has ever done in the history of the NFL. But outside of him, no one is putting points on the board on that offense. And Joe Flacco is as bad looking right now as any quarterback in the NFL. And have you seen him slide, by the way? Oh, he his, can't his slide. Team play, his players are actually asking him, like, dude, we need to work on this because you're scaring us. <laughs> Us. I'm going with Miami because they're hot right now, because Ryan Tannehill finally looks like he's playing at the level that he can, that I, I think I know that he can. And Jay Ajayi continues to run, and like I said earlier, Devontae, uh, Devontae Parker is emerging as a star wideout. I'm going right. to see the corner. I, I'm going to see your wide receivers. I'm going to raise you the defensive backs for the Baltimore Ravens. We'll see what happens. Smith. All right, next, next we've got the uh, 49ers at the Bears. Oh my God! Niners, not an easy game. Absolutely, wow. you're going really? with San Fran. Yeah, definitely. I not like, Matt Barkley. I, no, no, no. I really Looks like. Good. I like San Francisco in this uh, in in this matchup. They looked really solid against Miami last week. They did not look like the second worst team in the NFL at all. Carlos Hyde had a huge game. Colin Kaepernick had one of his better games of the season. He had three touchdowns. He was making plays with his feet. He nearly led them to a comeback. He did. I mean, I, I San Francisco. I, I think they. I think this is a team that they can beat so so i'm i'm absolutely especially with matt barkley a quarterback well here's the thing speaking of nearly leading their teams to a comeback matt Matt barkley Barkley. was two drops away from blowing out tennessee not just winning but blowing out tennessee and uh his right receivers couldn't catch the ball matt barkley looked like a really good player and also matt barkley threw his first career touchdown the same day jared goff threw his first career touchdown well what do you know Mm. Uh Uh i mean for me colin kaepernick is still say what you want about him he's still he's played in a super bowl before he has playoff experience and uh you could have said that that about every other game this year he's terrible but i i I, they come out on top all right i'm going with chicago 
I'm going to go Chicago as well. God damn it, Brian. At home, man. Yeah. No, like, it, it's no, at home. Whatever. Right? Next, we're going on in the uh, afternoon games here. Uh, Bills at Raiders. Could be any an upset chance, city, man. Any, it's in Oakland. Could yeah, be any, upset any city, Any chance though. the Bills win? Oh, sure. There's a chance. Um, Tyler Taylor runs all over the place, becomes the leading rusher and I, the leading passer. I mean, I, I'd be worried if uh, um, I'd be worried if Derek Carr's finger is still dogging him come Sunday. But I mean, I Khalil do Mack. have I do have a lot more confidence in the Bills as a team when Sammy Watkins is healthy. Yes. Uh, they, yes. Because without him, Tyrod Taylor has to do it all it's on his own. good to see him back. And Shady McCoy, uh, has, it looks like he's going to be healthy for this week's game, and he had a huge game last week. So uh, with that said, however, <laughs> the Oakland Raiders are the Oakland Raiders, and they're playing this game at home, and boy, have they been good at home this year. I'm going to go with Oakland. Yeah, me too. Oakland. Oakland. Okay. Next, we got the Jets at the Steelers. Giants, excuse me. Giants at the Steelers. Different, completely different game. I was going to say Jets at the Steelers. I was like, that's easy. Giants at Steelers. Giants at Steelers. Eight and three. Are the Giants the fakest eight and three team of all time? I don't know, man. I don't know because Odell Beckham looks, sure looks like he knows what he's doing. Uh, speaking of, they had him returning punts against Cleveland, and there's got to be nothing scarier than punting to Odell Beckham unless you're punting to Antonio Brown. I wonder if he's, did, did he tuck it? Like a normal football, or you just have it like they have like a loaf pinky. of bread. Yeah, when he does that, I just I I can't I just can't imagine the, the wide receiver coach isn't pissing himself. Listen, I think Pittsburgh knows they need to win out in order to beat up Baltimore. Uh, they're not sitting where they want to be sitting to make the playoffs. I think Pittsburgh wins this game at home. This is a game that the Pittsburgh Steelers win, like a December game at home against a quality opponent. They win these games. Is they Le'Veon are Bell the Pittsburgh playing? Steelers. Yes, I'm going with Pittsburgh. God. Hey, but I think he is. I was reading an article today. Le'Veon Bell has come. Le'Veon Bell is made up for like thirty plus percent of the yards that the Steelers have accumulated over the course of this season. Mm-hmm. That's an incredible amount of 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 load to carry for one player. You'd think that would be an even more even split between Antonio Brown, but it goes to what I've been saying all year. He's just not as good as you'd he has also been in think past that, that that his numbers would be better if he's yeah. if he's throwing thirty percent of the offense. You'd think he would he would be he'd be leading the leading rusher in the league right now. Mm-hmm. You would but think. He, you would think, and I think that. That says a lot about the offensive line. I'm going to agree with Tony and go with the Pittsburgh Steelers, not only because I have to, because I killed the Giants in my gravestone pool, <laughs> and they just have to start losing so I don't look like a complete douchebag. Eight but and three. I know, they're terrible. And the Giants just would do something like this because they've been dogging every Patriots fan that exists for the last, you know, five oh, years. The, the Giants for sure would subtly let Pittsburgh I'm make sorry, the playoffs. Eight. They would subtly let Pittsburgh make the playoffs just so Pittsburgh can play oh, New yeah. England in the oh, playoffs. Oh, yeah. I'm still that's, going that's with, uh, I'm going with Pittsburgh. Screw you, New York. Right, you guys make some good arguments, but I just have a gut feeling here. I'm going to go with the Giants. Oh, that's great. Uh, the only game we differ on is a game I so am excited to cheer against the, Lions, the Giants for. I know. And, oh, it's great. But it goes to my theory that Eli Manning, in this, in this framework, makes plays when you see him three weeks earlier make the same play look awful. Yep. So that's what it's going to come down to, Brian. I have five games behind you with, I believe, four or five weeks left of picks. We're not going to be picks like this. No, it's going to be games like this. Yeah. And, right. I, and I think I think Pierre Paul is going to have a game. He had a game last week. He's too. going to have another yeah. game. He's going to have another game. He's going to make Ben Roethlisberger hurt. Eventually, he's going to play so well they give him his fingers back. I'm scared at Pittsburgh though. One, that's, at, that's, one at a that's time, it. though. It'll be like the helmet uh, decal stickers that you get in college, like the Buckeye or whatever you know, whatever yep. it is. I'm just a little scared at Pittsburgh, but we'll see what happens. Next, we got the Redskins at Cardinals. Oh, I mean, this would be such a fun game, but I think the Cardinals, I think they know that they're dead. I oh, think they've totally. given up too. 
Carson Palmer gave up four weeks ago. <laughs> They're piddling along on offense. They're they the only thing they had going was for them was their defense, but they've just they, and where the fuck is Johnson? Dead. They're dead. Where Kirk, the fuck is Johnson? Hey, he's not doing bad. No, he's yeah, but, he's another one who's he's he's the only bright spot on that team is David Johnson. He's, he's not setting the world on fire, no. but he's not exactly bad. No, right. Well, I'm going with the Redskins in this one as well. Kirk Cousins is is playing the best football of his career right now, as are the rest of the Washington Redskins. It, Rob Kelly uh, and the Bad wide Rob. receiving core. Even their defense has been playing well lately. So Washington for me. I'm going with Washington as well. Sitting here, though, Washington did everything they could to beat Dallas, uh, and they couldn't do it. That was a really disheartening loss. They've had three extra days of rest, which, according to Jeff Fisher, makes you unbeatable. Um, this is going to be difficult. And uh, Arizona... Nah, see, Arizona has nothing to fight for. I'm trying to find a way that Arizona bucks up and makes a play against this Washington team. If you team. haven't found it yet, it's because it's not there. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm no, I'm sticking with the skins, Redskins. Okay. Next, we got the Buccaneers at the Chargers. This is a tough one. I, I, I don't think I, so. I've been staring at this. I don't this, think it's a tough one. I'll a, go okay, first. Then go first. Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay is the better team. Uh, San Diego is, a, is decent enough and is a middling team, but Tampa Bay, uh, they've proven that they're going to be in every game that they play. And they should be able to beat the San Diego team. I said the same thing about Houston beating San Diego, and I was wrong. But then again, Brock Osweiler or Jameis Winston, who would you have? But how do they match up is the question. There's going to be a lot of points in this game, but I think Tampa Bay scores enough to beat them. I think Doug Martin's better than Melvin Gordon. I think Mike Evans is the best player on the field. I think Jameis is better than Philip Rivers. we haven't talked about Mike Evans till this past week. Uh, I understand. I understand, but he's the best so player on the field. So does he disappear again? No, he hasn't disappeared all week. Uh, all season, I mean. He's been having a hell of a season. Mm. I mean, that team lives and dies by its offense. That's mm-hmm. that's that's the, what the bottom line. But does James Winston to. throw two, t- two two interceptions? And with Charles Sims coming back, who has been on IR all year, he came back to practice this yeah, week. Yeah, but that doesn't really matter. Doug Martin's it already does. already already back. At Charles Sims is their Darren Sproles type player. He's the one that's going to be doing those screen passes, those chains of pace runs, which you kind of need. That extra factor on the offense makes you that much more tough to cover. I think Tampa Bay wins. You just talked me into it. Son of a bitch. Son you gotta you gotta hold your cards a little bit closer, man. Well, I mean, I'm I'm doing this with honesty here. I'm no, not, I appreciate yeah. it. No, I mean, I was on the fence. I was like 51, 49, and because I think the Chargers at home, and and you know what, they're five and six, man. They're not out of it. No, they're not out of it either. So that you can't you can't make the claim that they're 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 demoralized or they they're not playing for anything. It's they're playing for just as much as anybody else. But um, and they got some playmakers on that team too, San Diego, Dontrell Inman. Terrell Williams. <laughs> it's like New Orleans. New Orleans. Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers make wide receivers out of anybody. And Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the Chargers are mediocre at home so far this year. Three and yeah, two. What, three and two? Three and two at home. Two and four on the road. What are they outside what's, of their what's division? What's Tampa Bay on the road? Tampa Bay is four and one on the road. Ooh. Which Ooh. just shifted. I was going to try Ooh. and call the upset here, but... um. No, you know what? I'm still going to do it. San Diego Chargers Thank win. Thank you for having some balls, Dangle. San Diego Chargers win. You know, go they with have, your gut, uh, buddy. I, I am, I, I am going to go with outside my gut. Outside the chart, let me ask you, though. What is the record for the Chargers outside of their, their division? They're one in, they're one in three uh, uh, in, in the division. So that means they're uh, four and three that out must, of it. That must be in their four. Not yeah. enough for me. Buccaneers. All right, next we got the Panthers at the Seahawks. Now, this is the Sunday night? The Sunday night game, yep. Uh, uh, Panthers are going to put up a fight. San, uh, Seattle just got their butts kicked. Oh, man. Just they got had, their butts they kicked. had to have yeah. been so pissed. Pete Carroll's not going to be happy in practice this week. And it wasn't just that they got their butt, butts kicked. It was an embarrassing score. Now that I'm thinking about this, I've, I've wanted to make a stance and say teams that had a legitimate upset biggest victory of the year, the next week they always lose, which is why I should have taken San Diego to beat Tampa Bay. 
going to stick with what I said now that I'm talking about it, though. I'm an idiot. Uh, I'm not going to go first because I'm afraid you're going to change your vote, Brian. You're going first. Going Caroline Seattle. Seattle. I'm going Seattle, too. I'm also going Seattle. I was yeah. in no danger of changing my mind at Seattle. They Are you did kidding look me? very, very vulnerable. Sure. But I don't think Cam is Cam is not playing well enough at this point. Next, we've got the Monday night game, Colts at Jets. Oh, Indy. <sighs> with Indy. Andrew Luck. Yeah. Indy with Andrew Luck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick is just too it unpredictable. Fits? It's it's not, and and Matt Forte only scores when he's three yards out from the goal line, and their wide receivers. And Quincy and Nunwa has overshadowed Brandon Marshall. Their defense uh, is terrible. Uh, yeah, I Andy. think we're reaching on this one a little bit just because we're hoping the Colts play better than they than their than their last couple of games. But I'm also going to go with Andrew Luck. It's too easy. There you go. It is too easy. That's so it. that's our season. That's, that's our, our, our week for the for week. week 13. Brian and I differ on one game, and it's the Giants-Pittsburgh game. So we'll see if I'm six games behind or four games behind. Or we could have a really bad record this week. Oh, yeah, we could be terrible. We could, we, this could be the week that you Dangles and I— Dangles could catch up. He has seven different games than us. You would, Oh, man. That's probably going to blow up in my face. Usually when that kind of stuff happens, it blows up in my face. I think—here's the other thing I wanted to add to this picks thing. I don't know if we should do it or not, but I, if one of us takes the Browns and the Browns actually win, we should get, like, three wins for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just say it. Just saying. So we got we got to pick the Browns. I feel like something. that might skew the all season long <laughs> stats just a tad. <laughs> and that's it for the Left Coasters podcast. Again, Tony Cavallo, Matt D'Angelo, Antonio, Brian Balzarini, and we are. Did I get it wrong. You, you I got it. it wrong. Oh my God, Tony! It well, it's always at the end. God damn it's it. always at the end. Because I'm going fast again. I, I was ready to rifle through it and be done. Instead, I messed it up. Well, again, Brian's here. I'm right and, here. Uh, yeah, we had a wonderful time in studio Let's in the lovely studios. Week. We'll Can't be here wait. next week. As always, ram it. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.